You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, November 12th. I'm Donald Ware. Big shots out to my father. It is his birthday on today. Listen, got a lot to get to today on Takeaway Tuesday. Uh, Want to start with, of course, the HBCU, or I should say the Box to Row coaches and media polls. And for the first time in the history of the polls, Florida A&M unanimously Number one in both the box to row coaches and media polls, the Rattlers received all 20 first place votes, followed by Alcorn State at number two. The Braves remain number two despite the overtime loss to Grambling. At number three, South Carolina State, who came up from number six last week to come to number three, of course, this week. Week North Carolina A&T at number four only dropped one spot despite the bad loss to Morgan State. Southern rounds out the top five. Six through ten looks like this. Grambling, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, and Prairie View A&M with Bethune-Cookman dropping three places from number four last week to number seven after its bad loss to Delaware State. In the coaches' poll, Florida A&M receiving all of the votes, followed by Bowie State at number two, the highest ranking for the Bulldogs. Um this year, and I believe in the history of the poll at number two, undefeated on the season, going to play in the CIAA championship game next or on Saturday against Fayetteville State. South Carolina State at number three, again, raising three spots from six on last week. North Carolina A&T fortunate to be at number four, only drops one spot from last week, but that shows the reputation that the Aggies have amongst the coaches and the media as being also the defending HBCU national champions. Uh, Alcorn State, we mentioned, staying put in the coaches' poll, not so much in the media poll, dropping from number two to number five. Six through ten looks like this. Southern, tied for seven, are Bethune-Cookman and Savannah State. At number nine, Virginia State. And Grambling, who's on a bit of a roll, uh, comes back into the poll or re-enters the poll at number 10 talked about South Carolina State a little bit earlier well guess what South Carolina State quarterback Corey Fields is the box to row national player of the week one of them anyway the quarterback completed 18 of 29 passes 333 yards and seven count them seven touchdowns in the Bulldogs 62 to 21 victory over Howard the Bulldogs handled their business again now right back in uh, the race for the MEAC championship. Bethune-Cookman, South Carolina State, North Carolina A&T all tied for that uh, atop the MEAC standings. The other box-to-row national player of the week, Miles linebacker Noctavius Floyd had eight tackles in the ball game. Eight or Four of those were solo, had an interception returned 97 yards for a touchdown, 
had a pass breakup and a half tackle for loss as the Golden Bears defeated Tuskegee 20-6, the defending SIAC champions winning the SIAC West for the second year in a row. And, of course, it came down to the game against Tuskegee. And uh, so you're looking at Tuskegee and Albany State going to be in the SIAC championship game on Saturday, even though Savannah State uh, finished first, won the East. Uh, and I'm not really clear about this. I'm supposing uh, the Tigers ineligible for uh, postseason competition, even though the Tigers beat Albany State head-to-head, but it really came down to that Fountain City Classic. And Albany State absolutely blew Fort Valley State out of the water in front of 37,000 uh, at the Fountain City Classic. Absolutely unbelievable. But it's it, you know it, it just shows the SIAC and why the SIAC leads Division II in terms of attendance each and every year. Uh, even if you look at that Tuskegee and Miles game in excess of 23,000 uh, at that football game. So two big-time football games for division championships in the SIAC. Let's take a look. Some of my takeaways uh, from week 11 of the HBCU football season, uh, first and foremost, uh, for North Carolina A&T and Bethune-Cookman, both bad losses. I mean, if you're if you're the Aggies, um, you know, Morgan State was coming off a 48 to nothing loss at the hands of Norfolk State the previous week. The Aggies, I, I know you can't compare it like this, but if you go back to the beginning uh, of October, the Aggies defeated Norfolk State 48-19 to uh, in Norfolk. But, you know, it, it's just one of those deals where Morgan State came to play, especially from the defensive side of the football, and then Morgan mixed it up a little bit because, uh, you know, from a, a, a quarterback uh, a situation, that that's not necessarily, okay, the strength of Morgan State. But it, it was something that Morgan State had to commit to because you know the Aggies are going to commit to stopping the run, and they did that. The Aggies did that for the most part as uh, Morgan State ran for 89 yards. But DeAndre Harris, 14 of 20, 218 yards, one touchdown, one interception passing in the ball game. And by the way, uh, Manessa Bailey is an absolute beast for the Bears. He, he, he's just... You know, he's sort of underrated because, the, again, the strength of the Bears is not passing, but they really needed the passing game to work, and it did. Bailey, seven receptions, 118 yards, and one touchdown in the ball game. As a matter of fact, for North Carolina A&T, only 283 yards of total offense in this ball game. The Aggies got out to the slow start. Uh, couldn't uh, really turn it on when they wanted to. Obviously, the more talented football team, Morgan State wanted it more. Uh, A&T came back towards the end of the ball game, but it was too late as A&T falls in that ball game. But wouldn't you know it when it when Bethune Cookman had the opportunity to take control of the MEAC, still didn't quite control it, it controlled its own destiny. Okay, if they had won the football game against Delaware State, guess what? The Wildcats also laid an egg, losing to Delaware State 16-13. to um, Again, you're talking about uh, uh, just like A&T, Bethune-Cookman got out to the slow start, probably overlooked Delaware State, got down 16 to nothing. Even though the Wildcats made a run towards the end, Delaware State held uh, the Wildcats off, and uh, so Delaware State 
and gets the victory. But now what this is what we're looking at in the MEAC right now. So, again, unfortunately for Florida A&M ineligible. Otherwise, we'd be talking about Florida A&M really as champions right now because they would be undefeated and um, uh, well undefeated. And as long as they won one of their next two games, um, then, then of course uh, the Rattlers would have won out, but unfortunately they're the Rattlers not eligible. So now you're looking at Bethune Cookman, A&T, and you're looking at South Carolina state with also Norfolk state and North Carolina central sort of on the outside looking in with three losses. Big loss by the Eagles, as a matter of fact. Had the Eagles defeated Norfolk State, then you're talking about the Eagles with two losses, and so you're talking about four teams with two losses. The scenarios look like this. Basically, all A&T has to do is win. A&T controls its own destiny. Win out, you win the MEAC championship uh, because if the Aggies beat Bethune-Cookman, that means Bethune-Cookman would then have three losses. Even if South Carolina State won out, both teams would have two losses, um, and, and that would constitute a tie for the MEAC championship. When you're talking about the Celebration Bowl, you go head-to-head as the first tiebreaker. A&T did defeat South Carolina State. Um, Bethune-Cookman uh, not doesn't control its destiny like uh, A&T does. I mean, it's plausible. That South that Bethune Cookman um, could win out. Now, if Bethune Cookman won out, um, then obviously it does control its own destiny because if it wins out, uh, then it would have two losses. One would be head to head against South Car- uh, against uh, against North Carolina A and T, which wouldn't matter at that point because A and T. Um, would have had three losses. But if South Carolina State wins out, then remember, South Carolina State has the head-to-head against Bethune-Cookman. So uh, the Wildcats, 75% of the way, if you will, control uh, their own destiny, but not totally like a t does. I mean, if you're South Carolina State, uh, the Wildcats control, uh, pretty much control, um, well, they don't really control their own destiny either because if the Wildcats went out and a t wins out, then they both would have two losses, as mentioned, and A&T would have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So that's sort of where things are in the uh, in the MEAC, and, and, and the race is still on. And that game, A&T and Bethune-Cookman in Greensboro on Saturday is going to be huge and could, in essence, be for the MEAC championship. Uh, I want to talk about West Virginia State because West Virginia State is really doing something special right now. If you know if I re- if you listen to the HBCU Football Daily podcast on yesterday, West Virginia State at the time uh, was ranked, uh, I believe it was number eight in the regional in, in uh, West Virginia State in uh, the Mountain East Conference part of the Super Region One. Uh, as of Monday. West Virginia State now ranked number six in the region. That is significant because the top seven teams from each region go to the Division II playoffs. Again, there are no automatic berths. You got to know if West Virginia State beats Notre Dame of Ohio, who's number one uh, right now in the Mountain East Conference, does have the one loss, then that means both teams would have two losses. Um, and, and I don't know how the MEC does it, if they claim co-championships or if you go head-to-head and 
even with the same amount of losses, uh, the team that won outright wins it. I don't know how that works out. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is um, it's no doubt that West Virginia uh, State would make the Division II playoffs. I mean, I think West Virginia State has a good chance of making the Division II playoffs right now, even if uh, the Yellow Jackets lose to Notre Dame just because they'd be playing a highly ranked regional opponent and they're number six right now. I, I don't know what Westchester, Westchester's number seven right now. I'm not sure exactly what their deal is. Tiffin uh, is number eight right now. But, I mean, if you're West Virginia State, you may be even a loss to Notre Dame may drop West Virginia State to number seven. But, uh, you know, you kill all that noise with a victory. Had a chance to text with John Pennington, the head coach, because I looked sort of in the box score and saw that uh, Austin Hensley, the quarterback, only played in the first series. He was 4-4, uh, and then he gave way to uh, the backup quarterback uh, in this ball game, Donovan Riddick. And uh, so I text uh, John Pennington said, hey, it was it was a situation where he went down, but he's going to be ready to rock and roll. It's not a major injury. So Austin Hensley going to be ready to rock and roll in the game on Saturday against Notre Dame of Ohio with the championship of the MEC on the line. Just think about this. We're talking about West Virginia State maybe like four or five years ago, one win, zero wins. You go back six, seven years ago, this was a program that was absolutely struggling. Uh, it has come full circle now talking about possibly winning a conference championship and not only that, making the Division II playoffs, which would be huge. Let's look at Super Region 2, where the CIAA and the SIAC are in Super Region 2. Bowie State uh, sits at number three right now. So Bowie State, uh, the CIAA championship game against Fayetteville State, the Bulldogs are going to be in the playoffs either way, may host a championship game. You never know how these championship games count against region rankings. Um, if you win, uh, maybe it, it definitely doesn't hurt you. If you lose, uh, maybe it could hurt you, but it, you know, a lot of times it doesn't. It just, it's just sort of really, um, it really depends. I look at Virginia State right now, and Virginia State is number seven. OK, um, so uh, the Trojans can't do any more. Their season is over eight and two overall. Um, Delta State is right on their heels. OK, Delta State right on the heels of the Trojans at number eight. Uh, I, I would I think Delta State may have one more football game. Um, you know, could they meaning uh, Delta State jump into uh, up a spot if 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 it wins, perhaps the highest rated SIAC team is Albany State at number nine right now. I don't think the Golden Rams are going to make it good season. Um, maybe if the Golden Rams defeated Savannah State, perhaps we're talking about uh, 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 the Golden Rams uh, in the top seven. Again, the top seven teams go. The thing about Albany State in See, I look at Miles and I'm thinking, well, why is Miles not in the regional? You look at strength, the schedule of Miles, it wasn't a strong schedule, even though Miles is 8-2 and two and going to the SIAC championship game. Meanwhile, Albany State had one of the tougher Division II schedules and uh, fared pretty well. Fared pretty well. Fayetteville State sits at number 10, probably even a win. I mean, now, you never know. Maybe a win against Bowie State. Fayetteville State prevails into the top seven. I I, I, I doubt that would happen, but you never know how things go. 
So that's sort of a look, some of my takeaways from week 11 of the HBCU football season. Um, again, tomorrow is hump day and going to take a look, uh, of course, and begin to kind of transition to week 12 of the HBCU football season. Some big time football games. I mean, huge football games this weekend. The Bethune-Cookman and A&T game is just one of many big games. A couple of conference championships. Um, you know, you have the Alabama A&M uh, and Alcorn State matchup. Alabama A&M coming off a great win against Jackson State. Alcorn State coming off a tough loss to Grambling. So a lot of football left to be played in these next three weeks. Uh, in or these ne next several or two weeks, I should say, uh, in HBCU football. Don't keep the HBCU football daily podcast a secret. Tell a friend or a couple of friends about the HBCU football daily podcast where they can listen online at boxtorow.com. Also, download the podcast to listen whenever and wherever. Talk with you tomorrow. Way. But I've been through hard days. Yeah, I was just in New York in the home. Look at my star. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. So they put me over, coming with the They took my heart away. Hard liquor for my dick and it gone. Thug holler.